Hello, Barbara. I'm, I'm sorry. This is Saul Rosenberg. Should I bring my shoes and my glasses so I have them? Thank you, honey baby. Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said of stone today, the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. Yeah, why the hell not? All right. Okay, now it's recording. So, um, dude, I'm telling you, we were obsessed with the Jerky Boys back in the day. Yeah, man. And and when we first got into them, it was... People were sharing cassette tapes of them. This was like <laughs> 1991, I think, yeah, or 90. Yeah, something like that. Because, um, yeah, I think it was definitely yeah. after the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, it just happened, but it was, like, on the cusp of, yeah, like, early 90, 91, maybe. Mm. And, and that's what we would do. All, all, we would just talk, like, hello, honey baby, hello, Barbara. <laughs> Thank you. And then there was um, the other guy, the, the Egyptian magician. Kamal. Yes. The Egyptian magician. He's like, uh, what was that? <laughs> What's that? Uh, he was doing some kind of trick with like a puma or something I would or a panther. Punch my chest. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious, man. Yeah, I used to love that. That was the best. Yeah, definitely too much fun. It was. Um, all right, you want to do the intro? Sure. Sure. Um, Thank you. Um, so this is Lenny and Omar, and we have our shoes and our glasses today. So uh, thanks for joining us at the um, Cinema Slaughter podcast, and today's topic is Beyond the Black Rainbow, mm. a 2010 Canadian sci-fi horror film by directed by uh, Panos Cosmatos. And uh, this was his feature debut film. Yeah. So this is probably one of the strangest, um, most oddball type of movie. I mean, he wrote and directed it. So, Mm. uh, you know, and it's always, I always feel like, you know, you don't want to, um, you don't want to crap all over somebody's work. And that's not really what we're here to do. But some of it is a little lost i got lost on on this movie so yeah anyone who has not seen this film i'm going to give you kind of um let's give them a uh, a little synopsis of this film shall we because we didn't really do too much of this yesterday but can um, can despite... you can you give a synopsis of this movie that's the question <laughs> so According to IMDb, despite being under heavy sedation, a young woman tries to make her way out of the Arborea Institute, a secluded, quasi-futuristic commune. Yeah. And that's the description. And that description doesn't even begin to explain what you are, what you're about to watch. <sighs> Dude. Um... You uh, watching this movie—it's like you don't even need drugs, man. It's—it's it's just it really. Uh, 
I mean, all right. So the story, all right, there is definitely a story there. And uh, it was like, it's a simple story. It's pretty easy, you know, um, right. that they start, exp- uh, they experiment with these drugs. The The guy who's running the Arborea Doctor, Institute. Dr. Mercurial Arborea. Well, that guy, I mean, he is kind of, I don't think he's running it anymore. He's just in some room. No, no, but he starts the institute. Right. And he's the one who right. has this, you know, and he even shows like in the beginning of the film, before the, before the title mm. even comes up, it's Dr. Mercurial Arborea, almost in like a, um, uh, he's giving like a, um, a dissertation or maybe even an infomercial about his institute and about their goals and through pharmacology, how they're able to, uh, you know, expand, you know, the human mind, the mind and all that. But, yeah, but yeah. check it out, right? As soon as I saw that, and that's when the movie opens up is him talking, you know, directly to the camera, right? But the lighting, right? He's just looking there, looking all creepy. And then he's got this red light above his head. And it's like, like, who are you advertising to, man? I mean, that's crazy. Uh, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's what got me at first. I'm like, all right, if I saw that video, if someone sent me that video, I'd be like, no, thank you. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Yeah, but I bet you man. there's a whole group of people that would have been like, yes, <laughs> this guy speaks to me. Uh, this guy knows what he's talking I about. I need Dr. Arborea's Institute. Yes. So, But keep in mind, so this uh, is spanning two decades, and the it's set in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but it, the institute started. Uh, I guess in the it began 60s, in yeah. yeah. It started in the '60s, so they were using psychotropic drugs and mm. all this mind-altering uh, stuff. And he was interested in, um, you know, I guess mind expansion and you know, improving the human race through ph- better pharmacology. Right, right. Using all sorts um, of crazy chemicals. But what chemicals. they get is. And I don't want to give too much away, but you know what? Spoilers. Mm, a spoiler. Mm-hmm. This movie's 10 years old, folks. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, here we are uh, at, you know, the movie is set in the 80s, but you, it gives you some uh, perspective by flashing back to when Dr. Barry Nile first was introduced to the, uh, to the, the, the mind altering drugs. Um, I guess he. It doesn't just alter his mind; it alters him, right? And he becomes something else, something other than human. Um, and so there is, you know, this expansion of humanity um, becoming something greater. And there's a scene; it was um, a transformation scene in the film. I would say in the third, the beginning of the, the third and final act, where yeah. Doctor Nile becomes this creature, and he's pulling his hair off of his head. And like a wig, but the when it comes off, it's got this slime, almost like slimy like spirit gum type of KY shit uh, you know, going on there. Yeah, it looks nasty, and mm. he looks, he looks otherworldly. Right at that point in time, you know, his eyes are all black, and his skin is extremely pale. He has no hair at this point, <laughs> and you know, all you know, no eyebrows or even I don't even think he had eyelashes. But he's, yeah. his eyes are this really dead he, black. He uh, he reminded me of uh, the man who fell to earth, uh, David Bowie. Like there's a scene where the, you see the alien, you know, 
Yeah, and this movie wears many of its influences on its, you know, decrepit sleeve. But mm. there's this transformation scene is um and then he puts these this uh like this leather clothing on and it's very fetishistic right and there's this weird ecstatic moment where he's putting the clothes on and it's almost like he's experiencing an orgasm or you know some type of weird um ecstatic moment but then he you know you know right from the beginning that doctor there's something wrong with the doctor you know he's not a good guy he's actually torturing his patient elena yeah and she she is the one who's kind of this we talked about this being like this passive protagonist right where she has this mind-boggling telekinetic abilities um and this doctor keeps her heavily sedated and also there seems to be this kind of suppression system in the room and he he my take on it was that he was able to dial down this this suppression you know system and um she had you know access to her powers at that moment and you know was able to yeah. you know, do some nefarious deeds within the hospital itself right um, this movie goes from kind of a set piece to set piece it's not it doesn't follow any strict progression right. in terms of storytelling and we discussed this i think you know some of it on the previous episode where we were talking about this type of visual storytelling that it seems very european in Definitely. Um, construction right and right. so when we talk about some of these you know panos uh his his father um is actually um is actually the director, or at least he was the initial director of Tombstone, which is probably one of my favorite westerns. I, I love that movie, and I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan. So uh, I didn't even know that. I was that, like, man. oh, this is, mm. yeah, yeah. So this was um, his son, okay. you know, who directed this, and he also co-directed Mandy, which is also another, you can see a theme with this, the color palette oh, that, definitely. that they're involved in. Definitely. Yeah. I, and so there's a trippiness and otherworldliness to it that's... Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. I really enjoy the look of these movies. Yeah, oh, definitely the look. Um, but it's like every single shot was kind of um, like an artsy, you know, it's with filtered and stuff like that. And so, you know, it it had a it had a cool look. But um, again, mm-hmm. I'm 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 a story. I'm a dialogue guy. I would say though that in this one, unlike Blood Machines. Uh, which was our first review, it didn't have, I mean, it didn't have, it had very little dialogue. I mean, the the girl, uh, what was her name? Elena? Elena. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she hardly spoke at all, man. Right. And uh, Yeah, she's, she really conveys what's going on with her through her facial expression or even sometimes lack of facial expressions. Exactly. And then... She, or she, you know, she she summons these tears quite often. You can just see that she's under duress right. throughout the entire film. Exactly. Um, yeah. But um, I mean, <laughs> I I'd say, man, if I were the actress, I'd be like, all right, I'm a little, uh, you know, kind of limiting here. I've only got one expression going throughout the whole movie. It's like, you know, can't you throw in a I, laugh or something? <laughs> I like. There's a couple of things that I like, and so when you first, when she's first brought into the observation room, um, where the doctor meets with her, I guess they they go through their 
um, I guess, weekly sessions or what have you, and he's taking notes. Um, the scene where she first walks in, she looks and is very reminiscent of the girl from the movie The Ring. Instead, she's yeah, got this like, white shift mm-hmm. on herself, and she's very pale, and her head's kind of bowed down. Right. And she's got this long black hair in her face, and she kind of just creeps into the room. You're like, oh, exactly. this is going to be interesting. Right, right, right. But, um, you know, and it was funny because we discussed this um about when we were watching it and uh, like last night or like 1 a.m i watched it again for the second time and i said i probably need to see this a third time to really get a handle on what the hell is happening here but there are aspects of this that i feel like i'm watching uh, a clockwork orange when the doctor is driving in his car because the scenes of him driving in the car right is like of alex and and it's and it's funny because then we were talking about maybe moments of um i think we mentioned david lynch and we mentioned um you know the body horror elements of right um um, cronenberg Right, of Cronenberg movies, it's got the same sensibilities. And, you know, obviously, Panos, the director, is Canadian. This is a Canadian production. Yeah. So it is no surprise. But now that I'm looking at, uh, I was looking at uh, IMDb, and there were plot keywords, and the first one listed is Kubrickian. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, I definitely saw Kubrick, uh, you know. Yeah, and Lynchian, and, you know, it's definitely a retro horror film in terms of, you know, setting and maybe the palette. And when I, a lot of people say, oh, we're going to, you know, this, the palette of this film is, is retro. It's more vibrant than any retro horror movie ever had, you know, the right to wish to be. Um, it, it, the look and feel of the film, and it's, I think they used um, some digital effects in terms of like the environment is enhanced absolutely yeah but it's done so well right that it does create like the arborea institute is this otherworldly place and it's and it's a place that arborea you know sounds like a wonderful like a uh a forest paradise exactly right but it's the opposite in here and it's it's very cold and static and it's um, all geometrical you know? I was going to say, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. a place of hard lines right, and very right. cold environment. Yeah. It's not inviting in the least. And I, I guess, I, I mean, the the thing is also is that, you know, the movie, uh, you know, it's all about uh, psychotropic drugs and all that kind of stuff. And as you're watching the movie, you feel like you're on these drugs that they're talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, no, they do yeah. a good job of showing when like uh if if someone is you know having a, uh, these these moments where it's mind altering or affecting visions the the camera goes blurry um so you don't really see like when she when elaine is first waking up in one scene you kind of see her from the perspective of the doctor or nurse entering her room right but when she sits up in bed and kind of opens her eyes the whole view is blurred so it's almost as if it's like I have, you know, she's got morning eyes. You yeah, know, you're waking yeah. up and you kind of get the blurry vision. Yep, yep. They did that really to good effect. Or when she's, um, you know, having this uh, like a psychokinetic uh, in- incident, you know, the camera flashes or, or vibrates and uh, the vision goes blurry. And, and so you get this vibe. I mean, it feels like you're tripping on LSD. I mean, I've oh, never yeah. done it myself, but Me I've seen neither. enough... 
I've seen enough um, movies about tripping on LSD and heard descriptions of it, but I would imagine this right, is what you would right. feel. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because, and then um, when they flash back and you know they have the doctor taking the drug, I mean that scene was like it was just filtered and it was it, it, it was like all white and it was high contrast. It was so bizarre. I mean, it was like some kind of weird dream. Yeah. Very, uh, very unusual. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the story, uh, it's a relatively simple story in that, okay, the doctor, uh, you know, he took the drug that, you know, we find that out through a flashback. And then the girl, the subject, uh, was, as an infant, she was dipped into this stuff. I don't know. And she came out with all these, you know, superpowers. Uh, sorry for, I should have said spoiler alert first, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we okay. said that, in, yeah, we said that the, before. It's in the description. Yeah. And like I said, it's yeah. this movie's 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, guys. So, you know, it, it, if you haven't seen it, um, no, no, go ahead, Omar. I don't want to yeah, say Oh, anything. yeah, no, uh, definitely uh, check it out. It be, but, I mean, check it out for if you want to watch something really just out there, man. I mean, it's it's definitely trippy. Um, but, yeah, so the story is pretty simple. Okay, so the baby, they give her the, the drug, and, and she's got all these super uh, natural powers, blah, blah, blah. But it's just the execution of the story is just so weird and dreamlike that... It, Sometimes, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's a movie. I, I could only, like, watch this movie one time. I can't go back and rewatch it. It's just too weird for me, man. I need, I need, a, I need like, some serious, uh, you know, stuff that's a little more straightforward, you know? I don't know. Call me, yeah. call me lacking in imagination or something, but, you know. No, I mean, I get it. I mean, but there's, there's different... Um, there's different ways to tell a story, and this is um, there's not a lot of exposition in this, so this no. is definitely a visual, yes, you know, um, a different, uh, you know, a different take on on visual storytelling. Oh, absolutely, and and when we say different, we mean different. It's, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the whole movie is like all through filters and stuff, so it's it's really out there. Um, yeah. But it's, I'll tell you, it's an experience. I mean, it's something like, all right, I watched this movie. Okay, you know, that's something. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, I've, I've seen it twice. The first time I watched it, um, I was kind of, it was late at night. It was probably like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was starting to fall asleep, and it was already uh, a dreamlike you know, situation. Yeah. And then I'm watching it. So I, I mm. really didn't get a full the full effect of it because I know I was missing some stuff. And then I went back to it again yesterday, and I feel like, I feel like it's speaking to me in a way that I need more. I need to dig in a little bit deeper and maybe see it a couple of more times. Um, uh, and so I get what you're saying, though. It's not it. This movie is, believe me, guys. This is not an easily digestible film. But I think there's, you know, there's this sense of, you know, there's an ex existential dread to this film. And when you start to watch the doctor um, and the actions that he takes and the things that he does, it's almost um, he there's a telling line. And it's um, I thought it was pretty profound where he says, I looked into the eye of God and it looked into me. 
Yeah. And yeah. it's almost like, you know, when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares into you. That's the line that I got because he's doing it and the camera is so focused on the eyes of, you know, of Dr. Nile at that moment. And these eyes give nothing away. They are emotionless. They're two pits, but these black pits in this doctor's bald, you know, completely shaved head. Um, and it's otherworldly, and it's almost like the abyss stared into him, and you know, it. He is this new creature, and the things that he's doing, you know, he's, which, you know, he, you know, that there's something really evil, and and it's about to break open, right? And well, and that's why I think at the end, the ending of the film was was very anticlimactic um, in my opinion. It was anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, and it was that kind of yeah. yeah, that kind of bothered me, man. Like it just ended like so quickly. It was just like wait. I mean, at least have something going on, you know, just to, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, but it just ended and I was like, are you serious? That's it? Yeah, like, this is how it ends? Yeah, man. And that's, and, and that, you know, the movie isn't about an hour and 50 minutes long. And I felt like, well, you know, you went that long. You could have spent another three minutes of screen time exactly. and, and kind of developed a more powerful ending. Right. I mean, it, like, it was so, the, the, like, uh, there's a final, you know, face-off, all right? And it, I, we're talking seconds, okay? It literally lasted seconds, and and it was over. And I was like, eh, you know, come on. And it wasn't even, like, you didn't even get another taste of the girl's abilities. I mean, you, it's like, wait, is that, is she doing that? I don't know. You know, like, what she did with another character before was a lot more, you know, uh, yeah. uh, 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 expressive of her powers. But this time, I was like, wait a minute, what what just happened? So, yeah, that, that was really kind of not... And I'm, I don't want to give good. anything away, but I just, um, you know, we've spoiled some of the other things. I'm not going to spoil this. And mm. so I just felt like it was a big letdown. yeah. At the at the end, absolutely, so, yeah. It was. It just felt like you know we had a moment where these two creatures, for want of a better phrase, because they're they're more human than human. I'm sorry, you know, Rob uh, Zombie, zombie, but I'm using it. Uh, I'm sure so, he'd appreciate that. Yeah. So, but they these are you know powerful creatures. I mean, she has incredible kinetic abilities. We it you know the the stage has been set through the first and second act. We know that she there's something more to her. Yeah. And yeah. uh and there's obviously something more to him because he reveals himself to be, you know, not, you know, the buttoned up doctor or psychiatrist that he claims to be. There's, you know, obviously he transforms. There's um there's there's a metamorphosis scene at the, you know, at the beginning of the third act. And then how it ends, it it just seems like, oh man, you were you were ready for this massive showdown. Right. It's like you. It's like you. Um, the OK Corral. You know, you have Doc Holliday and you have, um, 
you know, um, the Clantons, you know what I mean? Mm. You have you have the standoff at the OK Corral, and then no, no one brings ammunition or weapons, and they just kind of, like, stare each other, and uh, and they just go, you know, go off in, in two different directions. Exactly. <laughs> or, or they try and attack each other with harsh language, you know? It's like, all right, well, and that it, was a letdown. All right, and here's another thing that, that I just picked up right now is that, all right, so he goes through this transformation. He's... You know, this creature, this bald head, weird-looking, freaky-looking. Well, she, as a baby, she was put into that stuff, and she looks, you know, totally normal. So you expect that maybe at the end what would have been a better ending is if she became uh, this uh, 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 an extreme form of what he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, because of course. She, or maybe she's she just sheds her skin and becomes this luminous creature and just completely right. eradicates him. Exactly. Know, yeah, she is. You know, she's she was birthed as this being, and, yeah. and he's only coming into it from you right. know external source, where she you know developed from it right from, from the, infancy. You know, right from yeah, infancy. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like you know she's just like okay, she tilts her head. All right, and we and that's the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I I like the movie. I don't mm. love it, um, but it's definitely something that I like looking at. And what we haven't touched on yet is really what brought me to Beyond the Black Rainbow, is the movie's soundtrack. Yes, uh, we and forgot to mention we, that. Yeah, well, we would be remiss in our duty if we didn't talk about the the soundtrack for this film. Which is um, outstanding. Jeremy, Jeremy Schmidt is a keyboard player for Black Mountain. Um, so that I think they, if you're into um, synthwave film, you know, synthwave uh, soundtracks, and you're into like Tangerine Dream, um, John Carpenter, I would right. even say um, Goblin. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are. This soundtrack is it? I'm I'm not I'm going to butcher the name, and it's either Sinua Caves or Sinora uh, Caves. Yeah, I think it's Sinora Caves. They, I might be wrong, but yeah. So they um, so, uh, so it's S I N O I A Caves, hmm. um, and so this is Schmidt Jeremy Schmidt's project. And so that he, uh, they did this, and like I said, they are influenced by all of these types of, um, you know, the Shining, uh, just very uh, ominous, very, um, very mysterious, dark, right? Dark. They really did an amazing job creating a soundscape that felt otherworldly and trippy at times, and. It just draws you in. And this soundtrack, I I rave about it. I posted it on my Instagram a couple of times. And I just go back to this again and again. I know you discussed this, that you use this often when you're writing. Absolutely. Um, it really, yeah, it creates an amazing soundscape um, that is other, otherworldly. And, again, if you're into uh, movie soundtracks or if you're into, um, uh, you know, like atmospheric there's no vocals right. to it, but if you're into atmospheric type uh, music, this is definitely one to get, and it's the soundtrack to Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's definitely right. worth your time, and I would even recommend it higher. Like if we're gonna give it a rating, uh, you know, five out of five, 
that's that's what I would give the soundtrack. And yeah, it's, so Omar, it's a, what's your what's your what's your take on the soundtrack in terms of if you had to give it a rating? What what would you do? Oh, absolutely, I'd give it a five out of five because um, I have I have my playlist for for when I write and the stuff that I'm writing is I, I mean it's got some horror elements and uh, you know it's I wouldn't say supernatural more like a uh, science fiction type horror. And so that's definitely on there. And also mm-hmm. the soundtrack for Mandy, which was it was the same director or he co-directed it. And that yeah, was well, also an outstanding uh, uh, soundtrack. So the two of them together, along with some other stuff like Lorne and uh, this guy named uh, River Silvers and uh, the, sa- the soundtrack for the, uh, what's it called? Stranger Things uh, uh, shows. Right. Yeah, I got all yeah. of them put together in a, a giant playlist. And and man, when I'm writing, I'm listening to this stuff. It's it's just excellent. It is excellent. I have all of the ones that you just mentioned on uh, like special edition vinyl, right? And those are the ones like I, they're on deck on rotation, and I'll just you know have it playing in the background sometimes, and just even if I'm just chilling out in the house and just you know maybe reading or right. Even if you're just doing a listening thing where you put headphones on and just kind of just veg out in a dark room. Yeah, these are the soundtracks to do that. And it's funny because I didn't realize this until just kind of researching some more stuff on this. But they were using stuff like um, a Mellotron, mm. and when um, Cosmatos was directing the film and he was in, involved in you know in, in the production of it, they were using Pink Floyd's set controls for the heart of the sun nice which is an amazing song right and so that was like a temp track um and mm. i think they really kind of met um you know the spiritual um you know tone of yes. that of that song and and really you know channeled some really incredible uh soundscape soundscapes so yeah yeah so yeah check definitely. it out guys it's really very good yeah i strongly strongly recommend the uh, the soundtrack it's it's excellent i mean if you're into that type of music you know like for me yeah. it's it just it, it's all about mood and and mm-hmm. it, i mean it's it's just got some really cool uh tunes and it, you know the atmosphere and all that is just awesome again especially if yeah. you're doing creative stuff writing art you know poetry what mm-hmm. have you it's it's great music to listen to Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. All right. So, uh, what's your what's your final uh, score for Beyond the Black Rainbow? Ooh, what are we doing out of five? It, well, yeah, we could yeah. do out of five. That's right. that's cool. So, uh, oh, man, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Cause I didn't. I didn't think you were going that I, high. I think uh, like. I gave it a little better than carpet than um what do you call it uh, blood machines because he he didn't eat, like with blood machines there was a lot of dialogue and and it wasn't good dialogue in in my opinion but this he didn't really use that much dialogue and and the the amount that he did was good enough to to move the movie forward you know and and I love you know a good use of dialogue so that's why I gave it three out of five. It's just the other stuff was yep. a little too trippy for me. No, I get you. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm at the same I'm at the same thing. I got three and a half out of five. Right. I didn't I didn't I don't think I could go any higher than that only because of the plotting. Yeah. You know, it was a very it was a very slow and I don't mind a slow burn. I enjoy those movies. But in this it felt like they could have told the story 
Um, they could have been more economical, and so I just really felt like maybe it just it, it suffered from a lack of pacing, uh, of the right pacing. Right. And like I said, and, and then the ending and of the, the film ending. really did exactly. me Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That, the ending it was almost like purposely saying, all right, you know, we're, we're trying to be edgy here or something. I, 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 yeah, it just didn't – it was not yeah, satisfying at all. Exactly, exactly. Hey, we got to give all a right. shout-out to our buddy. Yeah, we're going to give a shout out to our buddy Cooch uh, yes. with the Web WebVantage LLC. So WebVantage LLC is a full service design and production company. They specialize in content management systems and e-commerce for websites. They do web hosting. Uh, if you check them out, it's webvantage.us and they're awesome. Cooch is the uh, is a friend of ours who is helping us with our own web hosting and he's just a great guy and is really uh, easy to work with and he's worked with the likes of d snyder and uh he's been involved in uh, tons of metal acts like uh, doro pesh from germany um and you know just a, a bunch of a bunch of uh, metal bands rock bands and has been involved in the industry for over 20 years uh in web hosting etc so if you're looking for uh, someone to help you, webvantage.us. You should check them out and get in touch with Cooch. She's a great guy and very helpful, so shout out to him. All right, rock and roll. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We're really excited. I know this is only episode two. We got a lot of stuff in store. Um, next one, we'll, uh, well, maybe we'll announce it. What, uh, what are we talking about next, Omar? Should, uh, should I check the list here, what we got going on? Um... A lot of these movies I haven't seen myself, so I'm going to have to uh, well, you better check them. Cracking on exactly. that. Exactly. Got to get crackalacking. Uh, but, so. yeah, well, I don't know. Um, we were supposed <laughs> to do, we're supposed to do, um, uh, what was that movie, man? Uh, Midsommar. Yeah, so we uh, but, we have a double header coming up. So yeah. I think we're gonna we're going to discuss Midsommar with uh, the Wicker Man, and that's yes. not the god awful uh, <laughs> Nick Cage, the Wicker Man. This is the original, uh, the original Wicker Man, nineteen seventy three, I think it was. Um, you know, Christopher Lee and uh, Edward Woodward. Um, this is a classic and a powerful film, pagan. Um, pagan um, spirituality and horror. So if you're into folk horror, pagan horror, we got a double feature coming up, like I said, Midsummer and um, The Wicker Man. So keep an eye open for that. And we hope to talk to you guys soon. I hope you like it. All right, guys. Peace out.